So this morning, I uh, as we are getting ready for church, kind of what I what I claimed is kind of the busiest time of my Sunday morning. I I took a minute and called my mother and really surprised her. She thought something was wrong. Why are you calling me? Hi, very questionable. Hello, and what are you doing? I'm, I'm calling you for Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, I said, I figured if I called you the busiest moment of my morning, you'd feel extra loved and special. And then she started to cry. So I was like, win. <laughs> it's only good if you make, uh, make them cry, I guess. So, But uh, we are uh, we're thankful for our moms today, and uh, I think we get the point. So uh, I do want to uh, I do want to stick into um, Psalm 23 a little bit and kind of jump into our our in the valley series um, because in a few weeks in about two weeks time is Pentecost Sunday and uh, we want to take a few minutes on Pentecost Sunday and just spend some time uh, just talking about it a little bit we want to spend some time praying together we want to pray for one another. Uh, on that day, and then we want to take some time and uh, pray over our community and over our, or, sorry, over our church and then over our community and then over our world. And so I really wanted to wrap this up and not uh, delay it too much because I think some important things that God wants to, because prayer is a two-way street, in case you didn't know. Prayer is uh, talking to God. Prayer is listening for what God has to say, which we'll get to in a little bit here this morning. But um, really don't want to uh, to, to, to delay uh, our series and then come back to the conclusion of this kind of mini-series within our Psalm 23 series. And so um, we're going to jump into Psalm 23 this morning. I'm going to read it from the complete Jewish Bible. Now, I don't have a complete Jewish Bible, so I printed it off. But uh, here is the translation of the complete Jewish Bible. A Psalm of David, Psalm 23. Adonai is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He has me lie down in grassy pastures. I, I really like the way they phrase that one. He has me lie down. Not he makes me but it's uh, this very mutual, uh, conversational, um, very loving kind of tone in this. He has me lie down in grassy pastures. He leads me by quiet waters. He restores my inner person. He guides me in right paths for his names, for the, the sake of his own name. Even if I pass through death, dark ravines, I will fear no disaster for you are with me. Your rod and your staff reassure me. You prepare a table for me even as my enemies watch. You anoint my head with oil from an overflowing cup. Goodness and grace will pursue me. Can we pause there for a second? I can't wait till we get to that line in a few months from now. From an overflowing cup, you anoint my head with oil. That's just uh, going to be an exciting message to preach. I can't wait. Just... Throwing that out there. Uh, goodness and grace will pursue me every day of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Adonai for years and years to come. And I just uh, wanted to read it again from the New Living Translation this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I love the way that it says that. I have all that I need. Some of them say I lack nothing. Some say I shall not want. And I think all of them are correct when you look at the context of Psalm 23. Uh, there is absolutely nothing more and nothing less. It's absolute perfection when the Lord is our shepherd. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close 
beside me. I'm going to pause there this morning. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Now, there are moments in our lives, and maybe you're there now, maybe you've been there, maybe you will be there, where we will experience loneliness, we will experience darkness, and in those moments, we will be tempted to be afraid. We'll be tempted to fear the unknown because when you're in the darkness and you can't see where you're going, you don't know what is in the room with you. You don't know what you're going to step on, whether there's going to be something you're going to fall into, whether something's going to jump out at you, whether you're going to get hit with something. There is uncertainty in darkness. And this is why Jesus comes as the light of the world. And this is why Jesus comes and brings light to the darkness because where there is uncertainty, Jesus brings assurance. That's just free. That's just off to the side for us to remember that today. It's not actually extra because it is very much relevant to talking about the deepest, darkest of valleys. But the Lord comes to bring light into the darkness. And it's, and it's why we talk about sin as walking in the darkness and now I walk in the light. I once was this and now I am that. Last week, as we, as we talked about praising in the valley, what do we do when we're in the valley? We take a moment, we pray, and we praise, we do all of these things. And so here's what we want to do when we're in the valley, when we're going through the darkest seasons of life. What do we want to do? We want to trust in God. Oh, that's really easy to say, Pastor Gary. That sounds great. Let's go home and leave it at that. Well, how do you do that? Well, what does trusting God look like in the valley? What is holding on and looking to the staff of the Good Shepherd? look like when we're walking through the darkness in the darkest valleys? Why is his rod and his staff so comforting in the darkest valleys? How can I have hope when I'm walking in darkness? Well, last week we jumped into the book of Habakkuk, and Habakkuk is a prophet of God, but he's a unique prophet of God because all the other prophets are the voice of God speaking to the people or to the kings, whereas Habakkuk is the voice of the people crying out to God. And so he's kind of the reverse prophet, but he's still a prophet, and we have this short little book in the Old Testament about Habakkuk, and here he is crying out to God in the middle of his suffering, in the middle of his nation's doom and impending doom and suffering, and he calls out to God. And it's one of the most honest and raw books of the Bible, and if you study it last week, we, we said, um, we, we started into this, this a little bit. And uh, it, was, it was hard to handle because last week's message might not be one that you liked. And if you didn't like last week, you might not like this week as well. And so um, if you would just lean over to the person next to you and say, you're not going to like this one. It's time to wake up. Time's up. It's not even time yet. Last week, the timer was going off on this side, but that was a really well-timed timer. It really was. It was time to say goodbye. And so, uh, yeah, lean over your neighbor and say, you're really not going to like this one. So welcome to the North Shore Church. We're here to make you feel good about yourself, and we're going to read Habakkuk 2, and you're not going to feel very good by the end of it. But Habakkuk 1 was, don't walk away from God. Chapter 2, don't quit on God. So last week, and you walk through the valley, don't walk away from God. Don't lose sight of the shepherd. Don't lose sight of his staff and his rod that bring comfort and pain, but we sometimes need to be corrected. That's a message for another week that's coming up very soon. So if you don't want to talk about discipline, and dis- then don't come to church in the next, after Pentecost Sunday, okay? Um, I'm kidding. You're always invited to come to church. It's great. Um, 
But chapter 1 was, don't walk away from God when you're going through darkness. Don't walk away from God. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to your hope. Um, chapter 2 is all about waiting. Now, how many here love to wait? I mean, I love waiting so much. I'm the best at waiting. I'm also very sarcastic. Waiting's amazing. Just absolutely incredible. Wondering. Wondering, God, do you hear me? God, can you hear me? Wondering is difficult. Waiting is even harder um, because I, I don't know if you, if I, I've disabled this feature on my iPhone, but when, when you text somebody, let's just go with like Facebook Messenger, for example, and you can see that they have read the message and you've asked them a question and you want the answer and you want the answer now and you can see that they've read the message that you sent them and you sit there and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. Are they going to text me back? Am I going to hear from them? Why are they taking so long? And then you see the three little dots pop up. Oh, good, they're responding. And then the three little dots go away. Heart starts to thump and race. You get angry. The blood pressure kicks in. What is their problem? What did I do? And then all of the self-doubt starts, right? And it just spirals from there. It's kind of like this when we pray and God doesn't answer right away. Right? Okay, God, I see that you have heard and read my message. And I'm waiting. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. Hey, God, when I watch Netflix, that next episode is on right now. I don't have to wait till next week or the Christmas break to see what happens next. I can watch it right now. God, how come you haven't responded yet? I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Habakkuk cries out to God, deliver us. And God says, okay, I'm going to do something amazing. I'm going to do something great, Habakkuk. Are you ready for this, Habakkuk? You're not even going to believe it to be true. It's going to be so good. It's going to amaze you. And so Habakkuk, finally, God's going to come through. God, I see those three dots. I receive that message. And then what does God say? Habakkuk's going, everything's going to be great. We're going to be okay. We're going to be happy. We're going to be blessed. And God says, I'm going to raise up the armies of your enemy. I'm going to raise up the Babylonians who are worse than you, who are more disobedient, more vile than you are. But because of the punishment that is coming upon you, I'm going to raise them up and they're going to come against you and issue judgment upon you. And all of a sudden Habakkuk goes, you've got to be kidding me. Imagine that. Imagine calling out to God and God responds with, you thought it was bad now, it's going to get worse. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many are jumping for joy now? God, you do great things. Like, you know, we're not going to be shouting from the rooftops in those moments. So what does he do? He's beside himself, as any one of us would be. This doesn't make sense, God. Why are you doing this? This is not the thing that I wanted you to do. This is not the thing that I believed in, God. This is not the faith that I was exhibiting. Chapter 1, he's wondering, why don't you do what I want you to do? Chapter 2, now he's waiting. God, when are your promises going to come true? Because Israel has held on to the promise of God for generations upon generations upon generations. They were going to be the nation that was going to be blessed by God to be a blessing to the world. They were going to be the nation that the Messiah was going to be raised up from, which we know now his name is Jesus. But back then he knows the promises of God and he says, God, 
Why aren't you going to do what I want you to do? In chapter 2, now he's waiting. God, when are your promises going to come true? You're going to raise up this army against us. When are these promises going to come true? God, I'm walking through this dark valley. I know that you've called me to be a son and your daughter, Lord, that you've given me a, a rich inheritance and a rich blessing. But God, why am I walking through this valley, this circumstance? Why am I am where I am? What are you going to respond if last week was about asking the why question, this week is all about waiting, 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 waiting. When is Pastor Gary going to stop saying waiting, 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 waiting. Get on with it, Pastor Gary. Waiting, 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 waiting. What do you do in your waiting? What do you do when you're stuck in this moment, when you're hurting, when you're broken? Chapter 2, we're going to look at three things that God's Word tells us to do when we are stuck in the season of waiting. God, I know your promises are yes and amen. I know the end of the book of the Bible, it says amen. I know that's the last word, so be it. At the end of the day, Jesus is king, but we got a ways to get there yet. What do we do in our waiting? Three specific things Habakkuk does, I think, will teach us this morning. How do we get through the valley of the shadow of death? How do we get through the absolute darkest valley? Three things that we're going to look at to today. First one is this. Listen. Uh, Habakkuk, he's going to listen to God. Um, I like this about when God's not doing what you want him to do. Um... Many people in these moments, they, and I'll never forget, it was, uh, we were in kids' church, we had this really, I was, I was a kid growing up in our church, and every Sunday we'd have this moment of prayer where kids could come and pray for whatever it is they wanted to pray for, and this one little girl was praying for her family, and uh, she was convinced she was going to pray in kids' church that mom and dad were going to stop drinking, and when she went home after kids' church on the bus, that they were going to be sober and their lives were going to be changed forever. And what an incredible amount of faith, right, for this little girl to have. What an incredible moment to celebrate. And she goes home, and she doesn't get the answer to prayer that she expected. And she comes back, and she says to the kids' church leader and teacher, I only came back this week to tell you that I'm never coming back to church again because God didn't answer my prayer. Some of us, we walk away when we don't get what we want. Now, I don't know what you were like as a kid or as a teenager, but how did you respond when you didn't get something that you wanted? Did you stomp away, slam the door? Fine! <laughs> Hurling a ball and cry or just go, okay, and move on. Depends. Probably depends how you're feeling in that moment, but some people, when they don't, hear God say or do what they want him to do, they walk away. Now, I don't know if you know this. Our prayers do not control God. Okay, our prayers do not control God. We'll, we'll dive into this another, another time. But God hears us when we pray, and God asks us to pray. And, and it's like this. It, it's, it's like, I want a cookie. That's great, you want a cookie. Can I have a cookie? Oh, you need to, you would like a We do this to our kids all the time. I'm thirsty. Oh, wow, I'm thirsty too. I'm thirsty. 
I understand. I'm thirsty too. <sighs> Can I have a drink, please? Yes, there you go. It's just, sometimes it's just a matter of, of asking, again, message for another day. But some people walk away when they don't get what they want. Well, God didn't do what I told him to do. God didn't do what I asked him to do. And how do we handle those moments? Well, Habakkuk does not walk away from God. He does something a little bit different. And if you go to Habakkuk chapter 2, it's on, uh, I don't know what page, page 852 in my Bible. It's uh, just, uh, just, you know, just past the halfway point if, if you want to follow along. But Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1, very simply says this. He says, I will stand at my watch and station myself at my guard post. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. So remember, Habakkuk is a prophet of God, but he is the voice of the people to God. And he's standing there. He says all of these things to God, and God tells him all these things. I'm going to rise up your enemies against you. Not the news he wants to hear. And so he says, look, it's not what I wanted to hear. It's not going the way that I wanted it to go. So I'm going to do the first thing, and I'm going to listen to what God has to say. I'm going to position myself in the most strategic place that I can so that with ever as much clarity as possible, I'm going to hear what God is speaking to me. He says, I'm going to position myself at my guard post, at my station, the place where I talk with God, and I will wait there and see what the Lord will answer with me. In other words, I'm going to be in the best place I can possibly be to see the hand of God at work and to hear the voice of God. And so if we're walking through the deepest, darkest valleys in our lives, the first thing that we ought to do is just really pause, be still. As we cry out to God, pause, be still, and just listen for his voice. Get in the best possible posture that we can be. This morning as we worshiped, it was, uh, I was looking around the room, and I had asked my daughter to do something this morning. Maybe you noticed, maybe you didn't. I called her right from the microphone. And she's like, yep, okay. And she went and did the exact opposite thing that I told her to do. And this morning as we're worshiping, trying to lead us in songs this morning, all I can think about is she's not doing what I told her to do. She's not doing what I told her to do. She's continuing to do the thing I told her not to do. And as I'm kind of just watching, it wasn't even that big of a deal. It wasn't that bad of a thing. And as I'm watching there, I'm forgetting the whole purpose of what we're about doing this morning. And finally, about halfway through the song, thankfully that I, I was not now singing, it was like, Gary, you're here to worship. You're here to lead this moment of worship. So take on the posture of worship and do what I've called and created you to do. And you can worry about that later. And so we did. We took on that posture of worship. And so in these moments of listening, even when it's the hardest, the least amount of thing that we want to do, God, I'm going through this really tough moment right now. And I really need to hear from you. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to take a posture, whether it's sitting in the stillness, the quietness, going out in the boat, walking in the bush, sitting in my basement, laying in my bed, taking a nice long shower, a bath, I don't care what it is. Take whatever posture you need to take to hear the voice of God. He says, I will look to see what God will say to me. This isn't easy to do when you're hurting, because when you're hurting, you're broken, you want to you wanna, you wanna fix it. You want to get over it. You want to feel better instantly. And you, you're, it's against your natural instincts to do whatever it is you want to do, but 
You're crying out to God, God, restore our marriage. God, heal me. God, save my friend. Release this burden. It's too much to bear. If you just do this, God, I'll praise you and bring you glory. But if you don't do this, how will I defend you? It's really difficult to talk about your goodness when you don't know what I know you could do. And there's moments in these, in these moments, instead of listening, we just want to tell God what to do. So instead of telling him what to do in those times, it's important to listen because our God is a God who speaks. I believe that fully. He speaks through his word. It's why we, we just, we have plans. And it amazes me every time we open the, the book that is before me, every time we open up the word of God, he shares something so incredibly different and wise and amazing. And I, I start to dig into it. and I just sit there in awe and go, God, I can't believe you actually said that. That's amazing. There's moments where, where God will speak audibly. I've never had this experience in my life, but I've had him speak very clearly in my mind that it was like an audible voice, but I've never heard the audible voice of God. And if you look around the room this morning, God will often speak through one of you to each other. He'll speak through a pastor. He'll speak through a speaker, a special speaker, an evangelist, a good communicator, through a, through a TikTok reel or a Facebook reel or a story. You never know what, what, how God's going to use that and inspire you. Usually something from the Word. Okay. Sounds good. Have fun outside. Oh, that wasn't my kid. Okay. Usually a kid runs into church and says, Daddy, he's usually, I feel like it's usually towards me, but it doesn't matter. Sometimes God can speak through a song. He can speak through a message. He will speak to you. And if he doesn't, don't panic. Just be silent because silence doesn't mean absence. He's always there. He's always with you. Listen for the voice of God. Now, I'm going to warn you, sometimes when God speaks, he's going to be honest with you, and he's going to say things that you don't want to hear, and it's going to be hard to hear. So sometimes when you hear from him, he's going to tell you something you don't want to hear, and we're going to go, that's not what I wanted to hear, God. That's not what I wanted to hear. And Apostle Paul in the New Testament, no better of a guy who deserved for God to do what he was asked him to do, had something called the thorn in his side. Now, there's different interpretations of what that may have been, but theologians guess maybe it was a blindness, an addiction, a pain, depression, all sorts of things, or maybe it was just a physical ailment itself. But he begged and he pleaded with God three times. Seasons of pleading, take it away, God, I'll do anything. God, have mercy on me. Take it away, take it away, take it away. And God spoke to him, and God did not say yes, but God also did not say, but God said, sorry, no. You asked, but my answer was no. And God said, my grace is enough for you. He didn't say what Paul wanted him to hear. Now, Paul could have gone, Lord, look how much I have done for your kingdom. Look how many churches I've planted. Look how many leaders I've raised up to lead those churches. And look how many places that I've gone in your name and the things that I've done in your name. But no, he continues to move forward in his mission. And Paul's like, I'm okay. I was beaten for you so many times. I was left for dead, whipped across my back, shipwrecked, snake bitten. You know how I feel about snakes. I was stoned, not recreationally speaking, of course. That was a funny stone joke, by the way. Just gone. What you want is not what I'm going to give you, is what God says to Paul and what he says to Habakkuk. But what I am going to give you is so much better. So listen, listen, listen. Number one, we listen. Number two, we write it down. When God speaks, we document it. We take notes. You write down when God speaks. I don't know about you, 
if I don't write something down or put a reminder in my phone or put it in the calendar, I'm going to forget. And I'm not even that old. It's not an age thing. People say, I'm getting so old, I forget. It's not an age thing. Just, just throwing that out there. You've got to write it down. And so you say, I'm going to do this. When are you going to do that? Where are you going to do that? What time even are you going to do that? You've got to write those things down. Write down the revelation, make it plain on the tablets, document it, record it, write it down. Why do we do this? Because we have a spiritual enemy whose mission it is to steal, kill, and destroy. Our enemy wants to take from you what God has given you. The enemy wants to take from you what God has spoken to you. He's going to take the truth that God speaks to you, and he's going to turn it into a lie that you're going to believe, and then you're going to doubt and question God, and then you're going to walk away from God. God is going to give you a word. God will give you faith. He'll give you a moment of peace. And when our enemy wants to take that away from you, you can go back to that word. You can go back to what you wrote down, and you can say, not today, not today. Maybe you've asked the question, where are you, God? And you you go back to last week, and you just start to take literally the name of Habakkuk means to embrace, to wrestle. And you're embracing the situation, but you're also wrestling in these moments. Maybe you started to learn to embrace your situation, but you're also wrestling with God with your questions. Where was the voice in your head that told you just to forget all of this stuff? Ignore what God said to you. Was it really him after all? And you can start to believe these lies. God didn't really say that. I mean, that was the lie that he said to Adam and Eve, right? Did God really say you couldn't eat from this tree? You could eat from every tree except for this one. Did God really say that? If anyone ever gives you that question it's not, uh, it's not their voice. That's the voice of the enemy. Did God really say that? Now, there's the, the genuine question of, really, did God actually say that? Tell me more. Versus causing seeds of doubt. Did God really say that? You bet he did, and I wrote it down, and it's right here on the date and the time that he said it. It's right here in front of me. Never forget what God says to you, even if it's something you don't want to hear. Write down what God speaks Uh, So many times in misery and suffering, God reminds me to worship, to praise him. Grab the guitar, put on some music, take a minute, have a playlist that I have, go for a drive, and start praising. I'm going to skip ahead to number three this morning. Number three is this. We're going to listen Number two, I said, was we're going to write it down. And number three, we're going to wait because this is where we're at today. Waiting in the valley of the shadow of death. It's the difficult one. Someone say, wait. Oh, good. You're still awake. That's good. Wondering is no fun. Waiting is so much worse. You wait on the faithfulness. You wait on the faithfulness and wait on the faithfulness of God. Maybe right now you're, you're in your season of waiting. God, as you, as you pray, God, will my child ever come back to Christ? While you're waiting, you're praying. What will you see? What you don't see, you see the opposite. Is God ever going to hear the cry of my heart? Is God ever going to heal me? Is God ever going to do this? Is he ever going to do that? God, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Are you ever going to help me out of this hole that I'm in? You wait. Habakkuk 2 verse 3 says this. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks to the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. 
<laughs> Though it linger, wait for it. It's like saying, well, it's coming, you just have to wait. Have you ever tried to take the bus? Is the bus ever on time? No. You take a passenger train via rail. I mean, this is not just via rail. You go to the States, you go through Amtrak. I mean, every passenger train has to wait for the freight train. So no passenger train is ever on time. But it's coming. You just have to what? Wait. You sit on a siding for two hours. You're going to get moving again, but what do you have to do in that moment? Wait. Though it linger, wait for it. If you're online, there's, I want you to write down the word appointed time uh, because there's, uh, there's something important here in this. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. Maybe you've been waiting for a long time. Maybe you've been waiting for a short time. I like the way the Living Bible translates the same verse. It says, but the things I plan won't happen right away. Then God says, slowly, steadily, surely, as the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be, are you ready for the word? Patient. They will not be overdue a single day. At the appointed time, God will deliver. At the appointed time, he will respond. At the appointed time, he will do his perfect will. At the appointed time. So God, when are you going to answer my prayer? And we all ready for this? When I say it's time. God, when are you going to hear me and give me a response? At the appointed time, my son. I like the moment of Star Wars, and there's a meme that goes around on Facebook, and, and Luke is asking Yoda in return, or the, uh, the Empire Strikes Back, all of these questions about the Jedi, all these questions about his father, and finally Yoda just gives up and dies. And basically, at the end of the day, Yoda says, in time, you'll understand. Now, Yoda and God are very different people, by the way. Just, just uh, draw that line in the sand very clearly for us this morning. But as a parent, you know, I finally understood. I mean, this is how the meme goes. After all the questions of your kids and all the questions of Luke, I finally understand why he just gives up and dies. Well, the beautiful thing about God is he never gives up on us even when we give up on him. He never just starts to ignore us. He hears us when we call out to him. Even in our impatience, in our waiting, God cries out to us and he responds with, at the appointed time, you will understand. At the appointed time, the word in Hebrew that is translated as appointed time is the word moed. Someone say moed. Probably saying it wrong. It literally means, are you ready for this? Perfect, unstoppable timing of God. The appointed time literally means the perfect, unstoppable timing of God means you can't keep it from coming, you can't delay it any further, and when it does come, it's absolutely perfect. There's nothing you can do to change it. And it's better than you could have ever planned, and it's going to go better than you could have ever foreseen ever in your existence. It's kind of like when babies are ready to be born, right? You can put a date on the calendar as the due date, but that baby's going to come when that baby's coming. Right? I mean, you, could, you can plan and book a C-section if you want to, but that baby might still come when baby is ready to come. 
And that date on the calendar may come and go, and you're going to go, well, that was the due date. How come the baby didn't come on the due date? Where is baby? Why, where is baby? Right there. Uh, why is baby not out here? Baby will come when baby comes. There's no stopping it when baby is ready to come. You can ask any of our medical professionals in the room, when that baby is coming, now is the time. Uh, this week, we celebrated Leland's birthday, I'll never forget. May 11th, Friday morning, Thunder Bay Hospital, sitting outside of the, the operating room. And uh, I'm excited. I've been through three C- I've been through C- three C-sections, whatever. My wife has been through three of them. I was through watching three of them, or two of them at this point. And so, like, I kind of know what to expect. I'm like the professional, like, husband, dad. Now I know what, this, I know what to expect. And all of a sudden, I'm like, they're getting ready to, to kind of give the anesthesiologist to Elizabeth, and I can't watch that for some reason. i got to wait until she's ready. And so I'm out there and just sitting there chilling. This guy comes by. You get, oh, yeah, I'm great. This is awesome. Great day, greatest day of my life, right? Another kid coming. All of a sudden, this nurse comes flying through these double doors, opens up the other door. Stop what you're doing. I need a doctor right now. And so they grab the anesthesiologist and they run through the double doors. And sure enough, baby down the hall was ready. Not five minutes, not 10 minutes, not a half an hour later. Baby was ready now. It was the absolutely appointed time for that child to be born. There's no stopping it. When God refers to his timing as appointed time, what he means to tell you is that it is the perfect, unstoppable time. We don't have to understand it. We don't have to know it. You can't force it. It's God's time. You can't stop it. It's God's perfect, unstoppable time. It may feel like forever. It may never come to pass. You might not see any signs or see anything coming. But the words of Habakkuk, though it linger, wait. It's coming, so wait. Here's something to remember as well, and this is important, is that God's delays or perceived delays, if his timing is perfect, then it's not delayed. It's just perceived delay. But if you need to know this this morning, that God's delays are not his denials. Hold on to that one. Maybe you want to write that one down. God's delays are not his denials. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean God's not going to do it, though it linger wait. At God's perfect, unstoppable, appointed time, it will come to pass. Verse 4, many theologians say it's the most important verse in all of Habakkuk. It's not the favorite, but it might be the most important. Habakkuk is beside himself. The Babylonians are bad. And when they're going, when are they going to get their due? And if you read Habakkuk 2, there's what's known as the five woes of Babylon. Basically, God's saying, I'm going to get them. 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 I am going to get them. They're going to get theirs. I'm a just God. So Habakkuk is waiting. God, when are you going to bring justice on us? When are you going to bring justice on them? I don't understand. He's confused. And what God says is God acknowledges the Babylonians are evil. See, the enemy Babylon is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But God's not talking to the Babylonians. He's talking to Habakkuk. And he says, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness and will live by God's faithfulness. The righteous person will live by his faithfulness and will live by God's faithfulness. In the New Testament, Scripture says that the righteous will live by faith. 
The righteous will live by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. Our faith is not based on what we see, what we want, getting our desired outcome. Our faith is based on character and the goodness and the nature of God. We live by faith. We live by faith. We live by faith. Habakkuk is disturbed, confused, upset, angry, feels betrayed, questioning, doubting, hanging on in the valley, just barely hanging on by a thread. And three words in verse 20 Almost as if he's reminding himself God is still in charge. He says this. But the Lord. But the Lord. But God is in his holy temple. It really might be that simple for us this morning. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But God is in his holy, perfect set-apart place. He sits on a throne that no one can overthrow. And I look to him because he is my shepherd, the same shepherd that brought me to the green pastures, the same shepherd that brought me rest, that same shepherd that brought me to the still waters, has brought me through the deepest, darkest valley of the shadow of death. Hold on to that thought for a minute. The God who brought me to the place of refreshing, the God who provided for my need instantly in the green pastures is the same God who has brought me to the place of the valley of the shadow of death. And as, as the shepherd takes the sheep through the valley, he's taking his rod and his staff and he's hitting them on the butt. He's grabbing them around the neck and he's yanking them through the valley. Like, come on, let's go. Pull you through like a toddler that doesn't want to take a bath. Dragging as, as Bella dragged Ursula out of church this morning to go to kids church sometimes it's the way that God drags us through the valley we bounce and we we trip through the rocky deepest darkest valleys the same God who brought us to the green pastures will bring us not just to the valley to die but he to bring us through the deepest darkest valley but God in his holy temple God, I'm in the middle of this valley. I don't know why I'm here. I don't belong here. This is not my home. This is not the promised land. But God, I know that you sit in your holy, heavenly place, the seat of perfection, and I know that your plans are good. I know that you will see me through. And so, God, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to continue to hold on to my faith. I'm going to continue to move forward, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to listen and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to listen, and I'm going to write down what you say to me so that I'm not lied to, oh God. Even though all of this is happening, God, you are still on your throne. Let's pray this morning. Our Father who is in heaven, on his heavenly throne, Lord, your name is so holy. Lord, as we walk through the deepest dark darkness and as we go through these valleys and these hard times, Lord, even the world we live in right now, Lord, we can be perceived as a valley. Lord, this season of waiting for the church for you to return, O oh God, is a season of waiting and walking through the valley. And God, we have highs and lows on this journey of life, but we know today, O oh God, that you will see us through because you sit on your heavenly throne. 
God, we pray as we wander through this land, we pray that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done, Lord, here as it is in heaven. Lord, we know that you give us everything that we need to survive. Lord, you give us everything we need to thrive. Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, as we look at Habakkuk and the people and the children of Israel, oh God, who are going through this incredibly difficult time, Lord, because of their sin, because of their rebellion, Lord, we know it is by faith today that we are saved. Lord, it is our faith in you, the faith of the righteous, O oh God, that make us who we are as your children. And so continue, O oh God, to forgive us of our sins and our trespasses. And Lord, continue to help us forgive those who sin against us. So, God, that we can walk in the freedom that you've called us to walk in, even if we are in the valley. Lord, you bring us joy. Would you bring us hope? And Lord, let us continue to hold on to the faith that you've given to us. And may we never let go. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. If wondering is difficult, waiting might feel impossible. But don't worry. God is on his holy throne in his holy temple.